You're listening to SequelCast 2 and Friends, a proud part of the Greenlit Podcast Network. Everybody across the land, here's a special from SequelCast, though I don't know what it's gonna be about. Maybe Woody Allen, maybe Spike Lee, maybe Technicolor, maybe 3D, or maybe you just gotta wait and see. Cause you're gonna find out after this thing. This sequel cast special is a no. This sequel cast special is a no. And welcome to SequelCast Special, a podcast uh, usually about movies, sometimes about other pop culture stuff. I'm your host, Matt bradley Shergi. Uh, this time we're doing a in-memoriam episode for a legendary actor that recently died, um, Sean Connery. He lived to the ripe old age of 90, uh, passed away in the Bahamas. Um, great just actor with a legendary career uh, with me as Thrasher. Mary the King but love the man. And Alex. Hello. I was trying to think of a clever Sean Connery-ism, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, yeah. I couldn't, couldn't muster it up. I will imitate a bad Sean Connery imitation from um, Command and Conquer Red Alert when you're <laughs> controlling the spy, <laughs> I believe is the name of the unit, and uh, he goes, for Keenan Country. Yeah, yes. So. <laughs> I don't should we talk about the origins of our bad Sean Connery? I, I think that's a good place to yeah, start. Yeah, we'll just get him out of the way. Um, Thrasher, you, were, you said you had one before yeah, the show. Yeah, so uh, my, my Sean Connery impression uh, came about completely by accident. So I was playing a multiplayer game of, uh, of Civilization with my friend Ian, who I will mention again for uh, uh, reasons that will become apparent. And uh, I was playing the Americas, and of course the American avatar is Abraham Lincoln, and whenever dialogue would show up as Abraham Lincoln, I would read it out loud, and I was trying to do an impression of Robert B. Barron V. Barron as Abraham Lincoln in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, but it turns out a bad impression of Abraham Lincoln from Bill and Ted sounds a lot like a decent impression of Sean Connery, so all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm Abraham Lincoln of the Americas. <laughs> yeah, we want yeah. to open trade relations with your people, and like, the, and that's okay. Mm. And, and he pointed out, why are you doing Sean Connery? He's like, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm doing Lincoln. Oh, wait a minute, I got a good thing going here, and so that became going forward. That became my Sean Connery impression. <laughs> and Lincoln is kind of like a dignified Walter Brennan. It's like instead of like he he go, you do like dang it, Martha. Oh, for which, which is it's strange mm. because like as described supposedly. There are writings describing Abraham Lincoln's speech style and his voice, some historical records, and and not by his detractors either, by his allies, describe his speaking voice as high and reedy. Yeah, well, and, and that's what, um, oh, my memory's failing me, The what's his name? Daniel Day-Lewis uh, took as an inspiration for his take on Lincoln in the, the, the film Lincoln by Spielberg uh, a while back. So... Yeah, I guess speaking of the imitation stories, my uh, 
Yeah, my, my family would, would watch a whole lot of, my dad especially would watch a whole lot of Sean Connery movies. If there was a new Sean Connery at the Blockbuster video, we'd be down to to rent it. And um, I, I'm i not sure where mine started. I almost felt like I was born with a Sean Connery impression. He was just in every kind of popular media thing, uh, whether it was James Bond or that um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about those movies later. But um I I guess the one that really kicked it off where my friends and I were doing dueling Sean Connery impersonations <laughs> was we were playing a Super Nintendo game, Indiana Jones's Greatest Adventures, where it, it basically takes you for, through the first three movies in really difficult side-scrolling levels. Um, and if you if you die, you go to the game over screen, and if, if you're good enough, you get continues. But if you don't have any continues left, they play an audio clip of Sean Connery from Last Crusade saying, I've lost him. <laughs> and I think that sort of started. We were imitating that, and would kind of go that, from there. That, that grainy sixteen-bit audio. Oh, oh, it wasn't even the audio. wasn't even sixteen-bit, man. Yeah, I mean the bit rate's like so scratchy; it makes it sound even more distorted and funny. I've lost him. <laughs> yeah. This uh, kind of throatiness, and um, sometimes even Sean Connerisms creep up in my my speech when I've been drinking. And I'll start ending things with sh or something. So, gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Alex, what about you? When did you first? Well, um, it started like I think it was SNL, and I think it was like trying to imitate the imitation of mm -hmm. the, the SNL one. <laughs> but the but the funny thing is, from there, um, we would uh, a friend of mine is a musician, and he played at a bar I was working at. And for some reason, I don't know why, but we just started talking and dueling Sean's, and we just referred to each other as Sean. We're like, how'd it go today, Sean? Like, oh, quite good. Thank you for asking. <laughs> and it's uh, definitely more Scottish than Sean ever, Connery ever really sounded. But it was funny. So to this, like, I hadn't seen this kid for like five, six years even. And I recognized him right off. And I just walked up to him at the table, and I was like, well, hello there, Sean. And he's like, oh, Sean. Because his voice is a little deeper than mine. And it was just like... Didn't Aww. miss a single beat, but the the going gag was uh was a was a we never got the red October, but we did have the Scarlet Tanninger. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was Sean Connery's elusive the Scarlet Tanninger. The yeah, it's uh, I I guess we got to say like so much of the history of Sean Connery is the history of Sean Connery impressions. Daryl Hammond Sean Connery from SNL is yes. is simply one of the best. Hey Trebek, I've got a riddle for you. Yeah. What's the difference between your mother and a mallard with a cold? <laughs> oh, right. Man. Yeah, I mean, so I guess we can just go around Robin talking about some of his favorite performances. But before that, I, I just want to start with uh, a lot of celebrities and, and journalists and things have been writing all sorts of things about Sean Connery. Um, I, I liked what Arnold Schwarzenegger said. Uh, mm. Sean Connery was a legend, one of the greatest actors of all time. He provided endless entertainment for all of us and inspiration for me. I'm not just saying that because he was a bodybuilder who placed in the Mr. Universe contest. He was an icon. My thoughts are with his family. And the bodybuilding thing I never realized, but um, in one of my um, chat groups we were passing around Sean Connery pictures and, and they posted one of him as a young man as a as a bodybuilder and that was something he really you know he did place in mr universe which is uh, no small wow. feat yes i recall yeah. he was also almost a professional boxer before he got into acting and a professional footballer um yep he yeah real, He's a real, uh, deal, man. real deal exactly and uh that he lived to be 90 and 
uh, kept himself in good shape is really saying something when uh, during uh, an age where men uh, or pe- not just men, just people in general, you know, drink and smoke like chimneys. Do chimneys drink? Yeah. I suppose. Uh, and mine things. Only yeah, okay. when it rains. <laughs> like, you, your chimney's thirsty, Lottie. Uh, yeah. So it. I'm trying to there. There was one more. Uh, this is a good one from Paul Feig, uh, the director um, of the uh, female-led Ghostbusters uh, reboot, I guess you'd call it. He said about Sean Connery, few were cooler, few more suave, few more effortless. Uh, he mm-hmm. showed us all how it could be done, and he thrilled and entertained us the entire time. R.I.P. Sean Connery. I mean, you can find these all day looking at stuff. Um, so, uh, oh God, Kevin Smith's one is making me tear up. He said, he was my dad's James Bond, so dad supported Mr. Connery's career his entire life always taking me to see any movie his favorite actor is in. I have sweet memories of watching Dad watch his movie Idol. So Sean Connery's passing also feels like I'm losing Dad again. Oh, R.I.P. Dr. Jones. Damn. Yeah. Oof. yeah. Uh, certainly one of a kind. And uh, one last thing before we go talking about his movies. Have, have, has anyone else besides me read the Playboy interview he did? Oh, uh, I I was going to bring this up. I did not yeah. read the whole thing, but I did read some excerpts. And Alex, do you know what I know about? of it. I know okay. it's of some renown, yeah. So we can cover that really quickly. I just want to get it out of the way up front. Um, Thrasher, what do, you, what do you think of it? Well, I mean, it's 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 raw it so i guess i guess i guess we ought to get get this out of the way so and yeah. the and the reason we're talking about this now because you know Sean Connery like a lot of people he's no stranger to controversy but in this in this interview uh base, basically he he advocated giving women a good hard slap uh and oh. like you know his Afri- you know if you know if if she's if she's screaming if she's acting hysterical like it's yeah. it's just just kind of an advocation an advocation of corrective violence uh, against women which is pretty goddamn horrific although uh, yeah. although you would be surprised how many people held to that belief back then and how many people hold to that belief right. even now yeah. not i don't mean to trivialize it or excuse it but you know, it, it, it does not surprise me. No, the, the uh, context is unfortunate. Um, in the late 90s, he did a Barbara Walters interview where he sort of doubled down on it. But then in more recent years, he said, well, I was quoted out of context. I never said that. Um, but I remember the I, I've seen the Barbara, Barbara Walters, Barbara, 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 um, yeah. Barbara Walters footage. And it almost seems like he's kind of like baiting her. Like, you know what I mean? Kind of like. Mm hmm. Playing into it a little bit, like uh, kind of being a smart ass, really, because he just says, uh. They're like, Mr. Connery, do you advocate hitting? Do you are you an advocate of hitting women? He goes like, only when they deserve it. I'm like, ooh, that's yikes. yeah. That's, that, yeah. Th- this should be a simple. This should be a simple answer to that question, and that was ooh. not it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I wonder if he like, maybe he was trying to come across as like the edgy guy or something to that he know would make a headline. Right, or yeah. just you know, just kind of leaning in and just kind of being like a little, kind of being a little shit, you know. I don't know, right. even if he even if he was, that's still pretty gruesome. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. It's and, not funny uh, to joke about either. No. Uh, yeah. Although if and if we wanna if we wanna uh get the, the old the other scandal apparently yes. so he apparently lived more and more of his life like in the Bahamas and apparently at uh in, in the early two thousands he released all of his tax documents to prove that he wasn't a tax cheat and oh. was paying his UK taxes. <laughs> Oh wow! Because even though he lived in the Bahamas, I believe he he remained a citizen of the of the United Kingdom throughout his entire oh, yeah. life. Yeah, that's what happens when you're united, man. Yeah. Is is the Bahamas a um, 
how do you put this? Is it is it like a related to the United Kingdom at all, or no? It's its own. Is it its own nation? Uh, the Bahamas. It, it, it's 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 its own nation, but I believe I believe it's like a United States protectorate. Let me uh, double check. I see. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just tended. Ah, yes, the think... Commonwealth of the Bahamas. Uh-huh. There you go. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, in the. I mean, Bahamas, Jamaica, all that stuff. It's uh, it was a, something Sean Connery apparently enjoyed a lot, and he he uh, did. He was behind um, Scotland's push for independence. I think in was it 2014 when that almost happened. They had a big vote on it, and it didn't quite happen. And he said, if Scotland got its independence, he would move back to Scotland, mm. uh, which is quite something. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, spe- speaking of that, so the. Uh... So the Scottish Parliament uh, was founded in uh, 1999. In 1999, so I mentioned I was going to mention my friend Ian again. So Ian, yeah. his whole family's from Scotland. Okay. So we both graduated from high school in the same year, and he was going to basically spend that summer with his relatives in Scotland. And I was fortunate enough to travel with him. And I spent about two weeks in, in Scotland and London, you know, visiting his family, seeing the sites and whatnot. We were there the same week that the, uh, the Scottish parliament had its first session. And Hmm. Sean Connery was there like in full tartan. And I remember him being like quoted on the news and he's just like leaning the camera. Yes. I'm very, very proud today to be a Scotsman. (laughs) That's nice. great. And like, I mean, I mean we, it's about um, Scottish Parliament, but I think Sean Connery got more screen time than the Scottish Parliament itself. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, that's the thing is that, you know, this guy was a proper movie star. Like, I feel like we did lose one of the true movie stars of our time. I mean, like, yeah, he's a good actor, good performer, got good screen presence, but he was a he was a star, man. Kind of like larger than life. This dude carried it. Um, right. And uh Sure. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess we can start going around, Robin, talking about some of our favorite performances of his. Um, you know, this is, happens to be a series we've talked about on, on SequelCast uh, before, but it's been quite some time. Uh, he's in both Highlander and Highlander 2. Highlander 2 has about a zillion different cuts and a zillion different names, mm-hmm. but he, he plays the supporting role of Ramirez, the kind of mentor uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi character to Christoph... Um, Lambert's uh, Connor McLeod. And it just seems like Sean Connery is, is having a real fun time. Him and uh, Lambert have a real nice rapport. And there's also the humorous aspect of um, Sean Connery, a Scotsman, playing a half-Egyptian, half-Spaniard. And mm. in, in movies, he would repeatedly play people, of course, from, from different roles and countries. And they often, he didn't really bother with an accent. He just did his... <laughs> his voice i mean i'm sure it was more uh, americanized a bit yeah whenever anyone would take issue with that and be like oh why would a you know why would a cuban have a scottish accent i just say it's a accent (laughs) right like the untouchables like it's the chicago way why why would everyone schwarzenegger ever played have an austrian accent exactly yeah. yeah i mean also like i've heard i guess i don't know from what a few Scottish accents from different actors around the world and people, obviously. Um, but they, it's like I Sean Connery's voice is kind of like its own thing. I feel like I mm-hmm. did. I, I never really associated it. I mean, of course he associated with Scottish accent, but like it was just his voice, you know. Like that was just how he sounded. Um, you know, maybe if he was from Macron, Ohio, it'd be a little different. But I feel I still think you'd have that gravelly kind of you know distinctive uh, tinder, you know. 
Well, yeah, I was raised that? in a holler down in Tennessee. Oh, yes. It's a coal mining town. Um, went him a bear when he was only three. Ah, uh, uh, yes. Wrestled the bear. Thrasher, what's a Sean Connery you enjoy? The so I I actually I used uh, I used this quote um, during my introduction, uh, but uh, and 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 in all honesty, it isn't it isn't one of his his greater roles, but uh, it was it was the first uh, Sean Connery film that I ever saw in the theaters, and I think that's why it made such a big impression on me. But he plays King Arthur in First Night, which is a yes. really which yeah. is a really interesting movie because because one it's a King Arthur movie that really tones down the fantasy elements. I mean, it really could just be a historical drama, but mm-hmm. it's also it's a King Arthur getting near the end of his legacy. Like he plays a grizzled old King mm-hmm. Arthur, uh, who, who you know, you know who who marries uh, who marries Guinevere, and the story really is more about Guinevere's affair with Lancelot. But he makes a really good King Arthur. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got that kingly vibe. Uh, yeah. it, it's also directed by one-third of Zaz, the directors who did Airplane. <laughs> yes, oh, really? Jerry Zucker. Which is, he, he did some straight films, including Ghost. Uh, okay. In his career, so that's... Uh, and, and Richard Gere as Lancelot. So you got you got to have one legendary UK actor to cancel out Richard Gere <laughs> in this very, very <laughs> British movie. I, I think, frankly, a, a quarter of a legendary UK actor would cancel out Richard Gere, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, nothing against Richard Gere it's just it's one of those things I, I'm Sir Lancelot the, the hair piece the yeah I mean and if you go back to the original text uh, Le Mort d'Arthur uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that Lancelot is supposed to be like ugly yeah it's, it's, a, this, like, it's weird a looking dude that makes him uh, appealing yeah it's kind yeah. of like oh it it's like oh the, she's falling in love with the kind of I don't know pock-faced looking man um so uh alex what's a sean connery thing you enjoy um obviously i've just i've i've always had a great affinity for the bond films and that of course it's like the kevin smith quote goes back to you know growing up with your dad Mm -hmm. in the living room and like sure yeah the um i'd probably say you know obviously uh from russia with love to this day is still my favorite bond film uh, Goldfinger, you know, we watched that VHS tape till it melted. Um, uh, yeah, just a lot of Bond stuff. But I think one of the ones that stood out as a youngster was probably Red October or the Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Those got a lot of uh, a lot of play on our local cable stations growing up um, and stood out a lot. And again, you're just like, bef- he was one of the actors that I was like, for, one of the first actors I was really aware of, you know, like everyone knew who Sean Connery was by... 1990 something because he was just in everything and he just he's a dude he just stands out really just stands out a lot and um the accent thing is funny because i think he has one line in russian in the hunt for the red october something like that yeah yeah i was like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing um but yeah no uh, i would say probably uh indie bond or october kind of three-way we'll say first impressions but um i just want to hear him say blah blah talk yeah, <laughs> and it was um, it was also interesting just seeing like the leap in age, you know, where he's like this, you know, strapping young man as a um, as a secret agent, and then you know the gravelly old uh, guy. But he's one of those actors. He, I swear, he was like sixty for like thirty years. Like yes, 
like yeah, he looked like he was in his early 60s, late 50s, in the early 90s. And you know, up until a couple of years ago, I would say, yeah, he's like probably 60 something, right? <laughs> sure. Um, one one of his that's um, I think perhaps not as well remembered, but it's it's quite good is uh, the name of the rose. Um, based mm-hmm. off the novel by Umberto Eco, it's it's like a medieval murder mystery, and um, Sean Connery plays a, a friar, and uh, a young Christian Slater is kind of this peasant boy, and it has Ron Perlman as this kind of uh, hunchback of, of Notre Dame kind of character. But it's a really smart uh, murder mystery with a lot of good plot twist, good writing. F. Murray Abraham is also in it, and it's. Oh, okay. uh, it, it's something I think a lot of people have overlooked, but it's quite uh, that one's worth seeking out. It's from the mid '80s. Yeah, it looks. It's got Ron Perlman. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. really cool. It's Same with the rose. Yeah, Ron yeah. Perlman this... in another one of his roles where he's inside a suit. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I forget if this was. This might have been pre Beauty and the Beast or around that same time. I remember in the bonus features for um, Guillermo del Toro's Kronos, that was the inspiration for uh, del Toro hunting him down to cast Ron Perlman in that. Actually. <laughs> Oh, great. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, this, it's a, it's a cool one. Uh, Thrasher, what about you? So, uh, this, because this has a very important place in the history of special effects, but Sean Connery is the voice of the dragon in Dragonheart. Oh, I'm yeah. glad you brought this up. Which, yeah. which is one, it's one of the few lighthearted roles, uh, sort of Connery uh, ever did post Bond, but like it's, the movie's important because it was such a huge CGI character integrated into the film that is on screen for quite some time. And they realized, well, CGI alone won't sell this, this character. So rightfully they had to get a, a big legendary actor and they got Sean Connery, who I'm sure didn't mind a part where all he had to do was sit in a booth for a day or two to record all his lines. <laughs> but, but he really well, does a, sell a the build... dragon as, as a real character. Does the CG in that hold up? I've been wondering about that. You know, I haven't seen it. I, I've kind of been avoiding rewatching it only because it does have two sequels. And I think we probably ought to cover it in this series Ooh. at some point. And I, I'll correct you. It has like four sequels, and yes, I oh, wow. so oh, dear. about I mean, doing it on the show. Dragon, yeah, we'll yeah, I mean, you know, like when it came out, I was in the theater with my girlfriend in high school at the time, and uh, it um, she was really into the whole dragon thing, and we had rented the second one that has a lot of kung fu for some reason. Like the mm. the connections <laughs> to Dragonheart happen to be it just has a dragon that talks in it. Uh, but I, I seem to recall in, in Dragon Heart, that first one, uh, the music in there was used in a lot of movie trailers. Yes, mm. yes, it was. <laughs> and it, it is so funny because, like, because like the line, the big line in in the trailer was just Sean Connery screaming, "I am the last one." Oh, but like yeah. most of his dialogue is, "Oh, sheep, I'm delicious. I think I'll have a few." Yeah, yeah, he's very sweet in that. Um, mm-hmm. Which is funny because yeah. yeah, that's like the fiercest part is I am the last dragon and the most funnest thing to probably imitate. But um, but yeah, no, I remember him kind of being like a very, like very sweet like you know grandpa dragon kind of thing going on. All right, uh, Alex, what's another uh, Connery favorite? Um, I I'm gonna go a little contrasty. Um, great movie that I don't think's talked about enough is uh, The Man Who Would Be King. Yes. With him and Michael Caine, they have the best chemistry, and under the direction of uh, John Huston, and these are all very like manly mans, you know. Like John Huston was like a embodiment of the old school safari hunter kind of dude, um, but 
damn, these guys, uh, they just own it. It's such a fun movie to watch. And, like, it's kind of, it kind of plays on that image we have of Sean Connery always playing, like, very kingly, regal, dignified, you know, large roles. And he's playing a, a literal, you know, king, but there's just, like, this very, like, colonialist wit to it all. Um, and it's a, it's a really brilliant film that I, uh, I think is great. And alongside that, I would also go with um, uh, Sidney Lumet's The Hill, which ah. is a really fascinating kind of like past the glory kind of military drama okay. uh, film. Yeah, really good. Uh, black and white. It's a real lean. It's a very lean, mean kind of mo- not mean, but it's it's uh, it's a very lean, efficient and uh, economic film with a really great Connery uh, performance. One of his one of his best, I'd say. There's a delightful a bit of trivia on IMDb about the man who would be king where uh, I mean, on the set, Sh- uh, Sean Connery ate sheep's eyes to appease a local sheik, not realizing it was his friend playing a prank on him. Wait, he, oh, sheep's eyes? Damn. Yes. <laughs> so his friend dressed as a sheik and said, and said or, or oh, he you should eat some. Sheep's eyes. Sheep's eyes, yeah. <laughs> That's a good word to say as Sean Connery. It was, it was to just say. to get him to say that uh, in interviews. That's why they did it. <laughs> right. I guess... Um... He also kind of had, like, a reputation for, like, no one could, like, he could make anyone back down. Like, I guess, like, yeah, you know, like, if you, like, when they were, like, rigging him up with, like, the scripts for the Untouchables, like, they wanted to do, like, another take, and he's like, no. <laughs> like, Brian DePaul, mm-hmm. like, okay, okay, Sean. It was, like, the same thing with The Rock. I think um, there's some uh, production stories there, like, you know, like, this scene today, they're like, okay, Sean, yeah, that's cool. Because, you know, he's just a fucking, he's a badass, you know? Yeah, I, when, when I was reading um, articles, it might have been the write-up that Leonard Malton did, perhaps, but they, they, one of them mentioned a story. He did this movie with Matthew Broderick and, uh, oh my God, what's his name? It's it's like they're thieves and they're a family, even though they don't look anything alike. It's Matthew Broderick and Dustin uh, Hoffman and Sean Connery. Uh, family business, that's it. Yes. And... Um, Matthew Broderick could do a pretty good Sean Connery impersonation, but was pretty nervous, so would do it whenever Sean Connery was off the set. And then word got around to Sean that Matt uh, did a Sean Connery impression. So he goes like to Matthew Broderick and says, like, I hear you do a pretty good impression of me. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, and Matthew Broderick is like shitting his pants, and he's like, uh, no, I, I, I couldn't. I, I can't do it of you because I'm, uh, I'm, I'm scared of you. And Sean says, good, and walks off. <laughs> hey there, this is Jeremy Parrish, and if you're a fan of classic video game soundtracks, or if you just love 20-minute rock epics about war-ready armadillos that battle Catholicism, you should listen to Alexander's Ragtime Band. Join the power trio of myself, Elliot Long, and James Eldred each month as we talk about the most pretentious music of all, progressive rock, right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Do you love The Legend of Zelda? Here at Chat of the Wild, a game club podcast, we have been using our lens of truth to do deep dives on your favorite action-adventure series to find out what makes this franchise so amazing. Join us right now as we sail through The Wind Waker or check out any of our past seasons. New episodes drop every Wednesday here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Yeah. yeah, These people of that generation just are real, could be real tough cookies. Um, One, uh, a few films of his I I really like are... uh, Rising Sun, which is a, a Michael Crichton movie. Um, it, the book is extremely racist. The movie is slightly less racist. But it yeah, was Michael in Crichton the time of the 90s shit, where there's so. a lot of anti-Japanese sentiment. Yeah. Uh, 
mm-hmm. and it, it teams up Sean Connery with Wesley Snipes, and they actually work quite good together, kind of doing this corporate espionage. Yeah, that that speech he gives about uh, saving face, I thought was great. Yeah, although it does, this does have the thing where like the foreign person comes in and is more of an expert on that country than the native people themselves. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know there the was last that kind samurai of samurai or one of those things. That bad appropriation of uh, Asian culture, like Rising Sun. Um, uh, there was that one with Richard Gere, uh, Year of the Dragon, which I actually kind of like. Oh yeah, a lot of like these weird East West movies um, that Ridley so, Scott did the one right with um... yeah uh, Black Rain. Yeah, yes. Um... Weird, weird phenomena there, but um, don't want to get off topic. Uh... Sure. Uh, I, I would also want to point out, I've only seen clips of it. It's kind of hard to find, but uh, maybe we'll cover it on the show for shits and giggles. But there's the last thing Sean Connery did was a voiceover for something called Sir Billy, a feature length adaptation of a short film. Uh, the first uh, animated film, or first CG animated film uh, to come out of Scotland. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> the, the CG looks like a PlayStation 2 game. Um, it's, it, it's, it's called Sir Billy uh, overseas. Uh, in the U.S., it was called The Guardian of the Highlands. But something about it that's a bit sweet is uh, Dame, uh, what's her face? God damn it. it. Maggie Smith? No, I just showed you the link yesterday, Thrasher. It oh. was um, the woman from James Bond who did oh. Goldfinger and Shirley Bassey. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Does the opening credits theme, and it's really kind of like a, a a sweet kind of I don't know, like warm-hearted number. It's like he's the god he into all the animals. <laughs> um, it's and uh, but this movie looks looks awful. I haven't seen it, but I, now I'm deadly, deadly curious. But the prices on this will will go up. It it has Sir Billy wears his uh, kilt and the whole tartan thing and his uh, sidekick is an anthropomorphic, uh, looks like a goat played by Alan Cumming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Right, wow. Asher. All right, so I uh, want to talk about this because this is sadly underseen is the 1981 uh, Outland. So of course this is after yeah. he's left the role of James Bond. He, he's trying to branch out into things. Outland is a fascinating movie. This was a staple of like Sunday, the, of like Sunday morning viewing on se- on like several local affiliates in Norfolk, Virginia, where I grew up. So I saw this movie lots of times as a kid. Uh, and what's fascinating about Outland is that one, it's a it's a space western that never tells you it's a space western. Exactly. No one looks like a cowboy. No one acts like a cowboy. There's not anachronistic technology, but it is structured like a Western and deals in all these Western archetypes. You move this from Jupiter's moon Io to someplace in Montana and make it real low tech, it still works. And yeah. And anyway, Sean Connery plays a marshal who's sent to this mining uh, outpost on Io, you know, just, you know, keep the peace. And while there, he uncovers this whole like conspiracy, like drugs are being smuggled through the port, but also the mega corporation that owns the mining facility is secretly dosing the miners with drugs to like make them work faster and harder. But mm-hmm. the drugs are slowly killing the miners. So there's this whole corporate intrigue angle that works really, really well. Um, and two things that stand out is that one, you, if you told someone this takes place in the same universe as Alien, they'd probably believe you. It's a very similar mm-hmm. kind of blue-collar future. Lots of drippy pipes everywhere. But yeah. also, the, the helmets on the spacesuits used in this movie show up in other movies. 
<laughs> yeah, I just saw this for the first time uh, yesterday, and I loved it. I was like, this is really cool. And like you said, it's uh, for some reason very underseen, and I don't understand. I, I can't understand why it's uh, so. It's such a cool movie. Well, and, looking at the late '70s of Sean Connery, I mean, he was kind of struggling in that part of his career for a bit. He he also did a science fiction one a few years before that called Meteor. Um, that that seems interesting because you don't always associate Sean Connery with science fiction, but between that oh, and yeah. Zardoz, you know, Highlander, I guess you'd call sci-fi, I suppose. Well, yeah. you know, we need to we need to talk we need to talk about Zardoz because um, Sean Connery had there's an interesting phenomenon about him. I find in in with most actors, if they do even one bad movie, that movie gets brought up anytime that actor is brought up, and people will still yeah. when Whoopi yeah. Goldberg is in the news, people will still mention, "Hey, do you know she was in Theodore Rex?" But with Sean Connery, it just rolls off his back. And like the mm-hmm. handful of people who will bring up the bombs he's been in, including Zardoz, will like mention it in good fun. Like, oh, wasn't that funny? Like, like they're laughing with, not at. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, he's routinely the best thing of whatever he's in. I mean, right. like The Rock is sometimes a stupid movie, but goddamn, Sean Connery is the best part of that film. Um, same thing with. Um, you know, like Cuba, uh, kind of clunky. I'm not really fond of it, but like, goddamn, he was good in that too. Um, he, as King Ag- Agamemnon and Time Bandits, yeah, he's he owns it. You know, and he's got the great like wink at the end too. It's uh, yeah, he just yeah, he was just a fucking just owned it. Well, even like the King Agamemnon, as as I understand, the the reason that happened is that when that movie was being written and like Agamemnon takes the helmet off, uh, Terry Gilliam and his co-writer were like, well. What's what's the most audience will go crazy person that could be under that helmet? Oh, well, obviously Sean Connery. And they just like, well, let's try to get him as a dare. And Sean Connery took it. <laughs> That's awesome. Like they didn't they didn't think they could get him. They assumed they would have to make it someone else, but he went for right. it. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Um Again, The Untouchables, which is a great movie. I'm not saying anything that way, but he is still like one of the best parts of it. And that's a pretty star-studded cast i mean kevin's uh kevin costner kind of doing his uh jimmy stewart thing andy garcia um robert de niro i mean you know we got everyone in this fucking thing um we also reproduced the stroller scene from battleship potemkin that's right yeah mm-hmm. another thing that's fun to say in that voice soviet expressionism <laughs> jeez yeah um eisenstein Oh, yes. let's, have, let's have one more go around of some memorable Connery performances and then we'll wrap uh, this up. I mean, we could talk about this all day and not even scratch the surface. He, you know, as an actor, according to IMDb, he had 94 credits. That's nothing to sneeze at. And for one, I appreciate that he retired early in his, or not early in his career, but he retired and pretty much stuck to it. Got to enjoy his retirement because uh, mm-hmm. doing a lot of golf. Um, George Lucas tried to loop him in to do a, a cameo in Indiana Jones and the uh, Crystal Skull. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And and Sean Connery says, well, that child is interesting, but I'm having too much damn fun being retired. So, <laughs> even though the role would have just had someone fly to Sean's house, film him against a green screen and, uh, yeah. and stuff. He just didn't <laughs> want to do it rightfully so. I mean... Uh, Speaking of, of Sean Connery stuff that became memes, there's Finding Forrester, which has the infamous line, you're the man now, dog. 
Yeah, he was immortalized <laughs> in memes because of that. Not just that, oh, but yeah. that, I don't know if it's still around. That used to be a website, You're the Man Now Dog, that had, it was kind of a home to all of these really, really surreal flash uh, comedy videos. Um, one of which just like looped You're the Man Now Dog in perpetuity. It's, it, it, this man did, did so many things. I mean, I, I would, uh, even when he has a sort of small part in uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where he pops up at the end as King Richard. Yeah. Like, he mm. he practically steals the thing, like, with two lines of dialogue, and it's like, wow. It's, uh, although it's great that uh, Mel Brooks's Robin Hood, Men in Tights, has Patrick Stewart at the end as uh, yes. King Richard, because that's a, another good actor that can steal scenes. But, I mean, looking at his stuff that jumps off, I, I would say... Uh, Pinned down a Pacific James Bond. I think from Russia with Love is probably his best performance as James Bond. That yeah, one, it, it's closer to the book. It's more. Uh, I mean, there, there's humor in it, of course, but there's also some. I think has one of the the better stories in those early James Bond pictures, and it's it's less over the top than the series would become. And I, I do like over the top, but it it's nice how uh, from Russia with Love, just the second Bond film how much more cemented Sean Connery is in the part of James Bond than the first one. Oh, yeah. And, so um, iconic as James Bond, it makes people forget that there were multiple James Bonds before him, and he's always credited as being the original. And people are oh, still no. arguing who the best James Bond is. I mean, and they, they yeah. give um, Daniel Craig uh, praise for being a, a harder-edge Bond like Connery. Yeah, yeah, and like uh, to this day, I routinely default—not default—I just confidently refer to the best Bond as Sean Connery, definitely. Um, well, and also it's like, you know, you have this role. That role got offered to everybody. I mean, like Harry Grant, fucking Laurence Olivier. Yes. Every, you know, everyone was going to be Bond. Like every actor at that time has like a flirting with Bond story, and you know, they went. Terrence Young liked this up-and-comer Scottish dude as James Bond. And, you know, it was kind of like lightning in a bottle. It was perfect. Um, and also, it's like, all right, dude, you're going to be this, you know, realize this character, do it your way, and he's a spy, a ladies' man, a badass, suave. You know what I mean? It's like he's a little bit of everything. But don't, you know, like, and he just kind of nails it. He doesn't overdo it, doesn't underdo it. It's like, Sean Connery just kind of came out, did his thing. The world lost their shit over him, and he was a movie star from that day forth. You know, well, and it's fascinating because like he he made such an impression of James Bond that Ian Fleming, who was still writing new novels at the time, yeah. went in and expanded James Bond's background to make him of Scottish descent. Yeah, I think that's because he liked specifically in in Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, yeah, because yeah, uh, he's walking around in a kilt at some point, which is kind of ironic, too, that they do it in that movie or the first one without uh, Sean. Yeah, like he's like descended from like a laird, I think. Although, lest yeah. we forget, in the very first Bond film, Dr. No, James Bond complains about how shitty the Beatles are. <laughs> yeah, no, nothing ages more poorly than early anti-Beatles humor. I would right. say than any pop culture reference, like it always will end up. It, it's hard to pick something that's like universal. That people will remember, uh, but yeah, that it's like you want to listen. The, the line is something like you want to listen to the Beatles. Like, no, I'd rather wear earmuffs. And, and who would yeah. then go on to do live and the theme for live and let die? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, right. So, ironies abound. Um, well, do your theme song, Crasher, which I'd like what, to apologize what, to us first. 
<laughs> What's your last uh, Connery pick? Me or Alex? Uh, you. All right. So I'm gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna just rapid fire some honorable mentions. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, did he did he did narration as John Muir in Freedom: A History of the U.S. Uh, you know. I think it's 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 worthy mentioning him as uh, the legendary character Alan Quartermain in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the movie that drove him into retirement, effectively. <laughs> Entrap entrapment for the immortal trailer line. Entrapment. Entrapment's what cops do to criminals. This is called blackmail. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I really like his somewhat campy turn as Sir August de Winter in The Avengers. That's not a good <laughs> movie, but I really like it for a, a number of reasons. And his presence is... is uh, Which is unusual. Is, is one of them. Uh, but I did want to mention, and th this, this is a story that shows up in several biographies because multiple famous people were there, including Michael Caine. Uh, but uh, Sean Connery, Lana Turner and Michael Caine were, were filming another time, another place in 1957. Uh, and Lana Turner had, uh, sometimes he's referred to as her boyfriend. Sometimes he's referred to as an ex in some accounts. And in some accounts, He's referred to as like a pseudo stalker, and those all might be true. But Lana Turner, this guy she had a connection with, a, a guy con uh, from the mob named Johnny Stumpanato, showed up on set threatening, uh, threatening Lana Turner. He was furious with her for some perceived slight. And Sean Connery goes up. He's like, hey, leave it alone. We're trying to make a goddamn movie here. And Johnny draws a gun. Sean Connery slaps the gun out of his hand and beats the shit out of him. <laughs> Ah, yes. And I would call that a decent application of violence. Yes. Yes. <laughs> to tie that up. So, yeah, sure. like if you wow. if you can beat up a mafioso then then uh and, and, and save and save uh save someone from some much distress, I think uh I think you've done well. Yeah, yeah. At least in that regard. Yeah. Um I guess for uh I'm gonna just kinda rattle off a few. Um he's definitely the best part of the rock. Um Again, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Michael Bay fan, but I do enjoy The Rock. It's quite uh, it's a lot of stupid fun, and he's got the best line: now, "Welcome to The Rock," and some other line about fucking a prom queen. I forget how that setup goes. Um, and also the Indiana Jones, the third Indiana Jones, which is a whole lot of fun, and he's terrific as the uh, the senior cop in The Untouchables. Um, hmm. He's got all these like great quips, you know. He's like, "Yeah, come home, shave. That's the first rule of good policing," you know. Uh, yeah, no, he's, and he's awesome. That the Untouchables, you know, a movie based on a TV show, had such heft was was largely to to Sean Connery in there. Um, really, oh, yeah, just definitely. extraordinary. I'd, I'd like to end this on a Sean Connery story I saw many years ago in a Highlander Two documentary. So uh, Highlander Two, the romantic interest is Virginia Madsen, and she was um, pretty young at that point. She was very excited to. She had just come off of Dune and some stuff like that, and was blown away at working with Sean Connery and she wanted to, uh, and, and the producers of um, Highlander 2, according to several sources, were pretty big assholes. And uh, they, they told her, you know, now when you see Sean Connery, uh, don't don't make any James Bond jokes. He really doesn't like it when people talk about that. Um, but of course, when she first meets Sean, she can't help herself. The first thing she does is kind of make a, a James Bond joke and, and, and he laughs and and smiles and was just a, a joy to work with uh, the entire time. That's awesome. So, yeah, sounds like uh, he's a legend. He will be missed. I, I do um, wonder if uh, 
we might see some something at the Oscars about Sean Connery, maybe like a, a highlight clip. We we bet yeah, yeah just some, somewhere so. between uh, Sonic the Hedgehog winning Best Picture uh, <laughs> and the regular oh, In Memoriam. I'm sure they'll yeah. do a little a little tribute. Although at the same time, with the number of people who do get left out of the in memoriam it would be very 2020 if sean connery was left out of the in memoriam oh i think there'd be a fucking riot i I, I think not only is he going to be in the in memoriam i think he'll have his own separate segment they'll do like a james bond theme tune medley as a tribute could be i mean you know they did that for what was it the 50th anniversary of bond where they had tom jones and shirley bassey yeah yeah do i uh, think uh i I don't think they did the whole number but um i mean for get them back too yeah right i mean supposedly for that they were the the academy was pushing to get all what was it like five or six james bond actors to be on stage together but they couldn't pull it together unfortunately did they do a medley of the songs from goldfinger and thunderballs called gold balls gold balls uh yeah gold Gold balls balls. (laughs) the diamonds they are cold finger one <laughs> fun, fun bit of trivia in uh, Diamonds Are Forever. That was the one that Sean Connery came back for, right? Well, one of the two he yeah. came back for. He yeah, donated his entire salary to a, a children's charity in Scotland. And Never oh, Say Never awesome. Again, I think, was the other one. <laughs> yeah, yes. the Never Say Never Again was the official non-Eon one. Which, which competed against Octopussy in that same year. Yeah. And he ended and up posting around the same. You yeah. Know, I think I think that's why his performance as Alex De Winter or August De Winter in uh, in Avengers stands out so much. It's the closest we ever came to Sean Connery playing a Bond villain, and that would have been just such a coup having an older Connery Ooh. playing the villain in a Bond movie. It's it's Can funny you, you say that. That's that's come up a few times, and Sean Connery's respo- response was, "They never could afford me." Well, um, <laughs> to, to bring him out of retirement well, or whatever. The whole and, thing and, um, when Connery went rogue and kind of did. Um, Never say never again. There was a yeah. huge rivalry between him and Covey Broccoli, the producers, and they, mm-hmm. they uh, in an interview, someone asked him like, "Who is the best um, Bond villain?" And he goes like, "Covey Broccoli." Um, <laughs> Jeez. And I guess uh, before um, Arthur uh, Covey Covey Broccoli passed away, they did reconcile, and That's before good. then, and, and and made peace, made nice, which I thought was uh, a rather sporting gesture. Yeah. Um... I mean, you look at James Bond and Diamond are Forever, and uh, or Sean Connery, I mean, and he looks so bored during that movie, but he was more involved with the script and stuff. And I mean, to see him doing an older Bond was really cool and never say never again, as many problems as that movie has. Yeah, it does have its problems. Um, and it's so funny, because like I was saying, like, that's, I'm like, he's old and like, that's the thing, like the shtick of that movie is that like, he's an old guy now. And that movie's like, what, like 80 something? Yeah, mid-80s, directed by Irvin Kirshner. Um, yeah, it's just so funny. I'm like, wow, like, you know, like I said, this guy's been 60 for so long. <laughs> and he the, still looks the, like he can beat the shit out of you. Like, he's, Yeah, exactly. He's still a tough guy. I mean, with, uh, how do you call it? I mean, yeah, to, to actually end this on, on a good note, uh, in, in that, what I think is the third Daniel Craig Bond picture, Skyfall, the whole bit at the end, clearly they were trying to get Sean Connery for that, where he goes to his oh, family yeah. house uh, <clears throat> in the snow. And instead, they got another actor who was pretty good. But, man, I really wish they could have got Sean Connery for that. Can you imagine that the reaction cool. in the theater? Oh, yeah, that, 
We lost oh. our fucking minds out of it. Yeah. yeah. People would be would be like collapse into the aisles. It would be a great rending of garments and gnashing of teeth, but with joy. <laughs> exactly. Right, so it's uh Yeah, so we'll be sure to have a uh can't even remember the James Bond lines. My mind is just failing me. The uh we'll have a martini shaken not stirred in honor the great sean connery it's just remind you know looking at his uh filmography there's just so much to explore over there not to mention he did the hitchcock movie marnie uh, uh yeah. he did quite a lot of stuff to play against type in um strange film yeah uh, yeah very uh i mean you're gonna talk about problematic uh, quite oh, yeah. yeah that's um, like the story <laughs> yes um I mean, shout shout out to, and I think this was the first Connery film I ever saw, but it didn't register with me. It was Darby O'Gill and the Little People. My parents love that movie. Oh my god, the Disney, yeah, where With he the, plays an Irish guy. <clears throat> yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to notice. I did reach out on on Twitter asking if people had favorite Sean Connery performances. Um, I'll just use their first names because I don't know if they want me to say their names. Kathy mentioned Never Say Never Again, and Darko mentioned In the Name of the Rose. So those are things we happen to have talked about. Just really, really fine choices. Uh, a legend uh, a legend of an actor. He even, uh, one final bit of trivia, the last time he got to reprise the role of James Bond was for the uh, PlayStation 2 video game from Russia with Love, in which your character on screen looked like the James Bond from the movie, but he was voiced by a very old and wheezy Sean Connery. Oh, that's right. I remember that. So that's quite the coup. I mean, they just recorded him in his house with a portable, uh, not tape recorder, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. I'm James Bond, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. Well, the only, <laughs> one of the only reasons he did it was he felt From Russia With Love was the best of his James Bond movies. Oh, yeah, and, and he's not wrong there. I can't imagine what Electronic Arts, which had the rights to do James Bond video games at the time, must have paid him to do that. Because they also paid like Marlon Brando to voice uh, the Godfather in the Godfather game. Oh shoot! I didn't realize that. And and Robert Duvall and uh, James Caan. So, yeah, um, this is back when. Uh, yeah, I think um, it was another funny thing. Like you know, act directors would be like, "Can you shave for this role?" And be like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to hell. Yeah, proper gentleman has a beard at a certain age. If you think I have a big beard on my face, let me lift up my kilt. Oh, boy. That's not a sporin', I'll tell you. <laughs> Do the drapes <laughs> match the curtains? It's, <laughs> it's ribbed for her pleasure. I named it after the dog. If you thought me chest was hairy. <laughs> no, I still wear the outfit from Zardoz, but for personal reasons. <laughs> I, uh... Zardoz is beyond description. Watch Zardoz at least once. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of references in other shows will make sense after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it could be perhaps some younger listeners haven't seen a Sean Connery movie and just think of him as, as the guy from the mustache memes. Oh, I know. Yeah, that. <laughs> I mustache that you a question. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I, I could always picture Sean Connery, Harrison Ford, and like Ridley Scott hanging out. It's like kind of like, like, uh, ornery like old guy club <laughs> yeah I, I could see that uh ridley scott man what a career he has when he passes i'll be very sad yeah, that's gonna suck 
Okay, on that fun note, uh, for Sequel Cash Special, this is Matt. And this is Thrasher. And this is Alex. Shane. Shut up and eat your haggis. You know, in, in, in all honesty, we need to play that bit from the critic. No one can be cool around their parents. Not even Sean Connery. <laughs> Dad, I keep telling you it's just a movie. <laughs> oh, aren't you? Uh... What did she say? Like, when are you going to settle down with that nice money, Penny Gal? <laughs> <laughs> For the last bloody time, that was only a movie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. That's my home. Yeah. I have a private movie theater with Dolby surround speakers. Oh, I like Thomas Dolby. I, I like being blinded by science. Did he ever do a? Did he ever narrate a car commercial? I would love to. Like, like a, with, a, with rack and pinion steering and automatic windows, the Lincoln a Town Car sedan with the horsepower of a finely tuned European he, sports car. Yeah, he also but did, it, um, as several actors did, Japanese whiskey commercials. For refreshing times, make it Santori times. Santori. Uh, it's a great vintage ad uh, that he did um, when he was Bond. The taste is distinctive. The man is Sean Connery. The bourbon is Jim Beam. <laughs> that that does not seem as high class enough for Sean Connery compared to Santori uh, Crest, aged 12 years. Time does not flow. It accumulates from moment to moment. And it just shows a very dapper Sean Connery holding a bottle of whiskey. As an extraordinary gentleman, I only eat Nakamura brand rice crackers. They'll, entra <laughs> they'll entrap your tongue. Uh, I'll, I'll end this finally on a bad joke. How does Con? How does Sean Connery? I almost called him Con Connery. How does Sean Connery? <laughs> that, that that's his non-union equivalent who works with Jackie Spielberg. Yeah, that's right. My smile and I'm Big Island One. I love the ground she walks upon. My darling Irish girl.